all medical clinics are essentially corporations, right? So whenever you do business, you always want to do business underneath what is uh, considered a corporation. How do we as medical professionals create the life of our dreams and still impact the lives of our patients? My name is Dr. Adam Sewell, and I'm here to show you how to break free of the traditional healthcare system that has you overworked and underpaid. If you're ready to join us, visit freedomthroughprosperity.com. But for now, let's get into today's episode. Hey, medical entrepreneurs, Dr. Adam Sewell here, and uh, so glad that you joined us today. Today, we're going to be talking about how to actually create your first medical clinic. Uh, we had a lot of emails and people that had written in and, and asked, you know, hey, can you explain step by step what is necessary to escape the mainstream medical system and to build my own clinic? Uh, and so we're going to do that today. So first thing to realize is, is that all medical clinics are essentially corporations, right? So whenever you do business, you always want to do business underneath what is uh, considered a corporation. There's a lot of different ways to do business, but if you start doing business under your own name, um, this is considered uh, legally as a sole proprietor. And what that means is that you are legally taking responsibility for everything that happens in the business uh, to yourself. Uh, this is very, very dangerous uh, because there's so many things that can go wrong whenever you have a company, uh, someone slips and falls, you know, while they're in your establishment or, you know, something to this effect, you know, all that liability goes to, to you as a person, which means your personal assets are at risk uh, for being uh, taken. So the most important thing to realize is that you have to build some kind of corporate structure in order for you to have a medical clinic. So for most people, what they do is they build an LLC or limited liability company. Uh, in some states, uh, being a professional uh, in healthcare, you can also form what's called a PLLC or a professional limited liability company. The difference between the two usually isn't too large depending on the state. So, for example, here in Texas, um, you know, limited liability companies can participate in healthcare businesses all the time. A professional limited liability company can also participate in healthcare related enterprises. The only difference is that there are some advantages to the uh, professional limited liability company if there are multiple owners of the company or there's multiple partners in the company. This will vary state to state and um, basically depend a lot on you know how you get set up. Personally, I've not found a significant advantage to use uh, professional limited liability companies. I've used both LLCs and PLCs in, in my various uh, businesses. And I'll tell you that I don't think I've really found much of an advantage for using a professional limited liability company. The major disadvantage with them is that it takes an extra uh, processing time because usually they'll want to see some form of licensing uh, or something that would designate you as a professional, uh, hence giving you that, that different uh, business title. Uh, so basically, bottom line is that, you know, you can go to any number of websites, uh, LegalZoom, uh, the company corporation, the company corporation, uh, NOLO, uh, there's so many of them out there. Uh, and you can basically form a company online for a, roughly about like seven to eight hundred bucks. Uh, and that will get you your LLC that you need uh, to get up and running. Uh, and while it may not be everything uh, like the most ideal uh, setup, it'll be good enough to get started. What I would recommend for most people starting up is you keep your costs very low uh, because your goal is not to spend a whole bunch of money uh, getting your business started. It's instead to uh, grow your business and let the business itself actually pay for 
um, your business to grow and to expand. So once you get your legal set up, um, so you have maybe an LLC, the next thing you want to do is get a bank account. So it's very easy. Once you have your corporation set up, you'll receive some uh, documents from the state. Uh, indicating that your corporation has been filed and that it's a legal entity with the state. Once you have those things, you can make an appointment with a bank such as uh, Bank of America, Chase, small banks, uh, you know, uh, whatever kind of bank you like. Uh, and then basically bring those documents in there and they can actually build a bank account for your corporation. And you will be the primary signer on that account, meaning that you will have all the rights to that account. But technically, the bank account belongs to the company that you just formed. Uh, and if you are by yourself or just independent uh, entrepreneur, uh, you will own that company 100%. But technically, that is a corporate account. It's not your account. You're going to treat it as such um, as well. So once you get a bank account, now you have the ability to get what's called a merchant account. And a merchant account is something that allows you to process credit cards. You know, more and more people are paying by credit cards. And if you uh, follow our recommendations to, to basically, uh, you know, sell certain medical services and products that are uh, on a cash basis or non-mainstream uh, medical uh, practices, uh, you'll need to be, have the ability to take uh, payments in various forms. And so that, you know, you could take checks, of course, which you can deposit the bank, but you can also take credit cards by getting a merchant account. There's so many different types of merchant accounts out there. For us, we like to use uh, Square for um, in-person uh, transactions because they come with a beautiful little uh, point of sale system. Um, but you can, there's so many other ones out there. You can search and find the ones you like. For online transactions, we use Stripe, um, which is a big uh, payment processor uh, throughout the internet. Now that you have a merchant account, you're able to basically uh, you know, take payments from people. So now you can actually begin to get ready to actually see patients. So the first thing you need to do is to get an address for your business. For a lot of people, you know, they think, oh, I got to build a clinic. I'm going to have to go lease a space for five years and put all this money down. If this is your first clinic, I wouldn't recommend that. What I would recommend instead is that you do a deal with another physician uh, or a chiropractor or someone else in the medical space and you consider subleasing space from their office. So my favorite go-to for this is, for, is to basically talk to chiropractors because most chiropractors have a schedule that is not always busy all the time. Uh, many times they have big chunks of the day where they're not there or they're not present. Uh, and you could actually see patients during that time. And most chiropractors don't usually work uh, uh, on nights and weekends, which often is uh, when you're first starting your first clinic, you may have a full-time job. And so those may be the times that you have to see patients. Uh, and so many times it works out very, very well. And I've uh, had you know multiple uh, students who have worked with us basically go uh, talk to different chiropractors and get their own room in a chiropractor's office uh, for you know, $200 to $500 a month. Uh, be able to use all the common uh, shared area for presentations, et cetera, uh, and have a good working relationship with the chiropractor who often has a lot of patients that are cash-based anyway. Uh, so that's what I would recommend first. Is I wouldn't recommend jumping into a long-term lease until you've proven that your clinic is profitable and you have enough patients to support yourself and support the lease. You can make a deal with a chiropractor or another physician. Uh, I've seen it a lot of times um, for people that are in aesthetics. Uh, they do really, really well when they make a deal with an OB-GYN because the OB-GYN already has the same patient base that they need. Uh, and many times OB-GYNs have extra room in their office and they can lease that extra room for a day or two a week or even during off hours and treat that patient base that the OB-GYN already has. The patient's already familiar with where to go. Uh, and it was really great for aesthetic uh, procedures as well. 
So now that you have an address, um, you can basically sign up for Google My Business. And this is probably one of the most important things. You know, in the old days, when we built practices, what we do is we'd find a building, you know, kind of near the medical district or near a hospital uh, so that people could see it. We we're always considering, like, how many people drove by the building, uh, what kind of signage it had, these kind of things. Um, ever since the pandemic, all that stuff has changed significantly. Now your digital footprint is actually more important than your physical footprint. And I've actually uh, tested this myself. And what I found is we were actually testing an idea uh, for a type of procedure. And so what we did is we actually went to one of our friends who is actually a chiropractor. We uh, basically made a lease with him and leased out one of his office rooms um, You know, during the off times that he didn't use it. And basically, we would see patients in his office just to kind of test the idea, test the concept. Uh, and what I found was it was very, very useful. And then what we did is we actually put, we built our Google My Business profile, which is totally free. Once you have an address and you can receive mail, they'll send you a postcard just to verify that you're actually real and that's where you are. Um, but once you get your Google My Business profile, you actually show up on Google searches. Uh, and keep in mind that many, many people do Google searches because anybody who uses an Android device, the Android operating system on the cell phone is actually owned by Google. And so all the searches, the voice searches, et cetera, uh, go through Google. Uh, number two, um, once you have uh, the Google My Business, you can start to build your social media accounts. So your Facebook account, your LinkedIn account, uh, you know, these kind of things. You want to go ahead and put the address of your practice there. You know, make sure that's kind of known that it's out there. Um, and what will happen is other uh, crawlers and other things will start to pick you up as as being associated with that. Uh, the next thing that we'd recommend you do is to get a website. So if you uh, work with us, you know, as you know, we have a lot of customers that uh, work with us using our software called Click Practice, which comes with a default website already built for you. And you can just modify it and, and change whatever you need uh, to, to be changed on there. And that way you have an immediate like uh, SEO optimized website that's ready to go. Um, but having a website's pretty critical. It doesn't have to be fancy. Um, you're looking for a simple website that just explains what it is that you do, who you are, and why somebody should come see you. Um, it's really not that big of a deal. And honestly, it could probably be built in a weekend. The next thing to do is once you get all that set up is to consider um, basically building an educational system. So, so often, you know, a lot of people will start their clinic and what will happen is they'll say, well, you know, man, I got my clinic up and running. Uh, I got my place. I got my bed. I got my, my tools. Um, but there's nobody coming to the clinic. You know, and the reason why is because you have to actually uh, essentially educate people as to why it's important to come to your clinic. Just because you hang a shingle outside doesn't mean that anyone is going to find you. So building a relationship with other people who, for example, um, have your same customers. So for example, if you are working with a chiropractor, they may have customers that they could refer to you. If you are, for example, in the aesthetic space, you could work with other complementary businesses. So for example, hair salons, lash studios, those kind of things. They also have your same customer. Uh, you know, if you're a GI physician, you can work with nutritionists, you can work with other doctors like primary care doctors, family practice doctors uh, that may also have your customer as well. And so you can get referrals based on that. But no matter what, I, what I'd recommend is that you basically take the time to uh, sit down and map the journey a patient has to go through to come see you. So a lot of times uh, people don't do this. And if you take the time to do this first, what will happen is you'll end up building uh, these assets, these educational assets that you can show to patients and educate patients so that by the time they watch those things and they come into your office, they're essentially pre-sold on like what it is that you do and how you can help them. Um, additionally, you get to help a lot of people by building these trainings as well. 
So when you think about the average journey for a patient, so a patient may have perhaps an illness or a problem that they, they're dealing with, uh, and there's certain steps that they have to take in order to, to basically go along to reach the point that they want. So, for example, if you take aesthetics, someone, you know, maybe wakes up one day and says, hey, I got wrinkles on my face. I don't like those. Um, they're going to start by understanding, you know, why exactly are they having wrinkles? You know, what are the age-related changes that occur to the face? What happens to the, the volume-related changes that occur to the face? Um, what are the various options to treat that? Is Botox right for them? Are fillers right for them? Is uh, PRP microneedling right for them? Uh, do they need a facelift, you know, et cetera? Like, th if you can educate on all these different points, uh, those are all things that can help. Um, the other thing is to talk about skincare. You know, how do they need skincare? What do they need to use? How often do they need to use it? If you educate your patient the same way you would in the office, but make a video for them instead, you can place that on your website and you can also place it in the various emails you send people so that when you have a customer or a patient that's coming in, uh, you can actually send these before they ever arrive. And so what happens is that they basically pre-educated. So when they do arrive to you, you're not having to say the same kind of uh, spiel that you give everybody, right? You can basically cut to the, the, the questions that they actually have because they understand the basics and you can have much more productive time. And that actually increases your efficiency and also increases patient satisfaction as well. So one of the most important things you can do is to, to constantly be educating the, the potential people that you have, uh, you know, that are customers that are going to become patients. Because one is it also shows as you educate people, it also makes you appear to be an authority because people are learning from you. They're being educated by you. Many times they're getting their questions that they're searching for answered by you. So when it comes time to seek services, or to sleep the solution, they've already learned from you, you've already demonstrated value. And this is kind of funny because <laughs> you're basically proving to them that you can help them by helping them. And it sounds so simplistic, but a lot of people don't do that. And if you look at, you know, flip to the side and say, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not a doctor right now, I'm a patient. You know, it's kind of scary as a patient to come to a new place, to, to go find a new location, take the time off work, to go drive there, meet somebody new, and then hope that they can help you. If you can show them that you can help them and educate them as to how you help them, why you help them, why you do what you need to do uh, to get the result you need to get, then they're way more likely to come to you. And also when they do come to you, there's not as long of a discussion because they're very familiar with everything that you've already talked about. You simply have pre-educated them. Additionally, you show up as an authority, so um, they're more likely to trust your recommendations and follow your uh, care plan as well. So hopefully this helps, guys. Uh, this was what was a question that was submitted. If you guys have any other questions regarding you know, how to do your business, how to grow as a medical entrepreneur, uh, send them in and we'll be happy to answer them live. All right, guys, have a good day. And remember, medical entrepreneurs have one vision, one purpose, freedom through prosperity. Thank you for listening. As medical entrepreneurs, we have a saying, one vision, one purpose, freedom through prosperity. If you're ready to follow your destiny and break free of the mainstream medical system, join us at freedomthroughprosperity.com. See you next week.